All right, so let's get started. I am going to set my timer. We probably we won't be here very long. I got my 60-minute timer set, and we're going to roll on. And so today we're going to be, last week, Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean started a series talking about obedience, the key to God's heart. And so they're going to come back next Sunday and continue that series. However, what I wanted to talk about today is why is obedience important? You know, God, I mean, I'm not sure about you, but I did a couple of things growing up and I'll be like, mama, mama, why I got to do that? Because I said so. You know, that's how mama sometimes responded. It. She's just like, because I said so. And God doesn't necessarily come out to us and say, oh, Ralph, you got to obey because I said so. He act, Well, he does actually say that, but he actually goes through scripture and states why obedience is important to our success. And so what I want to do today is take a little bit of our time to go through why obedience is important. All right. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to start in the scripture, the same scripture Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean had last week, which is John 14. All right. John 14, 15 states this. If you what? Love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. And they did a great job last week going into, I mean, uh, in the parallel between love languages. Right. If you love me, I can't say I love God and not be obedient to God. If I love God, then my, I have corresponding action that aligns to his word. John 15 and 10 says, if you keep my commandments, you remain in my love. So not only do I love him, my obedience shows that I love him. My obedience causes me to dwell in the presence of his love, right? It says, I have kept my father's command and I remain in his love. Why is it important to remain in the love of God? That's where all his completed works are for us. That's where all the promises are for us. And so through obeying God, I have the ability to reside in the secret place of the most high God. I have the ability to have access to every completed work that he has for my life. And so obedience is important because it positions me to be in the very spot that God is destined for me to be, to receive the thing that God wanted me to receive. And John 14, going back over there in 23 and 24, we're going to jump through these couple of scriptures and we'll get rolling. It says, Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word, right? And, and I talk to my son, Aiden, all the time. He's like, Daddy, I love you. I love you. I'm like, Aiden, if you love me, the way that you express that is just simply do what I say. I want to be a good helper, Daddy. Okay, well, go do the thing I asked you to. You know, like I got two boys, Aiden and Major. And when we we're doing activities, Aiden is older. So Aiden may get a responsibility that that I feel like Major at the time is not mature enough to do. And so Major sometimes starts crying because he feels like I don't love him because I didn't give him the same responsibility, the same task as I gave Aiden, who's more mature. And so many times in the body of Christ, we act like Majors. We are mad, we are bothered, we are upset simply because we're not seeing the things that somebody else is seeing, but they have proven themselves to be more mature. They have proven themselves to remain in God's love. They have proven themselves to obey God. Therefore, the, the things that God can ask of them is more. But until you get to that point, then you got to understand that I need to complete the task that God has given me for the day. It says he will keep record. 
He will keep my word, obey my teaching, and my father will love him, and we, we will come to him and make our home with him. Verse 24 says, anyone who does not really love me does not observe my me and obey my teaching. And the teaching which you hear and heed is not mine, but comes from the Father who sent me. That was Jesus talking. So basically, as we go through today and we define obedience, here's the premise. I exercise love, showing love to God by obeying God. If I'm not obeying God, I am not showing him I'm loving him. That's what those three scriptures stated for us. And so as we go through this today, you need to ask yourself, okay, God, I really love you in the air, this area. When you ask me to give, I'm a great giver. When you ask me to sow, I'm a great sower. But I have some disobedience when it comes down to fasting. I have some disobedience when it comes down to being quiet. And so today, I just pray that you hear Holy Spirit in the areas where you find yourself lacking obedience so that you can exemplify loving God. Because you do understand that you can love God in the compartmental type ways. God can have your heart, but not your mind and your soul. God can have your heart and mind, but not your soul and your body. And so you got to understand that I got to love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my body. So all those things have to line up. And so as we talk about obedience today, let's talk about what that word is. Obedience. What is obedience? Simply defined by Webster, obedience is the compliance with an order request or law or submission to another authority. In the Hebrew, though, the word obey means shama, hearing and obeying. You may heard us say this word before, which is hearken. That word hearken means to hear and do. And so that word obedience, as we hear today, it says, if you hearken, if you love me, hearken to my commandments. Hear and obey my commandments. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I kept my father's command and remain in his love. So that word hearken means that I hear and I do. In a perfect, if you got kids, you understand that there is a difference in hearkening and, and, and hearing. I asked one of my kids, hey, hey, take out the trash. Okay, daddy. He heard me, but there was no corresponding action. And the lack of corresponding action caused him not to hearken to the word. And so a lot of us come to church, a lot of us listen to Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean, and we listen, but we're not hearkening to the word. We're not hearing and doing. And the lack of the doing is what causes us not to receive from God. God didn't say that just hearing the word will set us free. No, he says those who hear and do are going to be the ones that experience freedom. And the other thing that we got to understand is that when we obey God, what, what's really happening is that we are operating in a, in a, a, a state of submission. And, and if we're honest, that's what got Eve messed up was her pride. You don't obey God sometimes because you're prideful. You don't obey God because you don't want to worship God. Obedience is a form of worship that requires you submitting your heart, requires you submitting your mind, requires you submitting your body. What do you mean? Well, your heart. In your heart, you know you know what you love. The Bible says the heart is deceitful. The heart, from the love of a man's heart, he's drawn away. So when I submit my heart to God, that means my desires, my wants, my cravings are no longer relevant in comparison to what God wants for me. 
And so that's what it means to submit my heart. Mary did that. Mary, when the angel came to her and said that she was going to have a baby and Mary was confused, like how this is going to happen. Mary is like, okay, be unto me according to your word. She submitted her heart to God. She submitted her body to God because she was going to have Jesus planted on inside of her. When God says fast and, and I obey God, I am submitting my body to God. Then we have our soul, which is our mind, will, emotions, imagination, and intellect. We got to submit that to the word of God. Why? Because when we submit that to the word of God, he empowers us to obey his commands. Ralph, where do you read that at? Let's go back to John 14 and 15 in, in the Passion Translation. It says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Now, let's talk about who me is. You know, me is Christ, right? Loving me. Loving me is God. So that's Jesus who is God in the flesh. So let's go to John 1 and 1 as we establish our foundation today. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Who is me? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So other words, loving the word of God empowers you to obey God's command. John 1 and 14 says the word became flesh and made his living among us. So God says, when you love me, it will empower you to be obedient. Why? Because the word of God is designed to carve away anything of your flesh. And so by loving God, I have the ability to be empowered, to be energized, to have the want to to obey God. Why? Because the heart that I have that's a flesh is torn away and the word of God creates in me a pliable heart where the word causes where the word causes my heart to become more kingdom aligned. Right? So that's what we're talking about today. Why obedience is important. But before that, we talked about how our heart must align with God. Loving God is empowering. All right? Loving the word is empowering. That's why we don't despise repetitive teaching. That's why we read our word daily. That's why we pray in tongues. We're not praying for God to hear us. When we're praying, we're also waiting to hear from God because words from God is what establishes our faith and gives us the ability to walk out the things of God. All right. So let's keep going. All right. So when we're doing that, how does the love of God empower us? How did God give us the ability to be empowered? John 14 says this. It says, I will ask the father and he will give you another savior. You're not in this world without hope. You're not in, you're not trying to obey out of your own will, out of your own effort, out of your own strength. You tell your neighbor, say, I got help. I got help. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. He will never leave you, is what it says. So we have the Holy Spirit, the Savior, the paraclete, the defense attorney, the one that stands next to us, who defends us in every cause, helping us to become bear the very thing God has called us to do. So you don't got to worry about obeying God on your own. When you spend enough time in the word, when you love the word of God, then it empowers you to become obedient to his word. John 14 and 26 says this, but the comforter, 
all right, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. So you got help, the Holy Spirit operating in, on the inside of you, right? He will teach you all things that he will cause you to recall. Listen to that word, cause. That's an action word. That's a verb. It didn't say he will come in and, and, and just just give ideas. It said he will cause you to recall, remind you of, bring to your remembrance. That's why the Bible tells us that for every temptation, there's always a way of escape. The Holy Spirit is always giving us directions on how to escape the things that God told us not to be participating in. The Holy Spirit is our navigator to always obeying God. He is consistently talking to us. Uh, and here's the example. I talk to Aiden all the time, right? We're always telling Aiden what he needs to do to be successful. Uh, the problem is, is that sometimes Aiden takes himself out of range or he tunes us out. Just yesterday, uh, I was talking, I was asking Aiden to do something. I'm in the kitchen and he's literally in the living room. Uh, our house is pretty open, so I know he could hear us. And so I'm talking to him. I'm saying, Aiden, come here. Aiden, come here. He did not respond to me. And so I'm like, why isn't this boy responding? And then I go in there. He's laying on the couch watching his, playing his Nintendo. And so it's not that God isn't speaking to us. It's not that you are out here just uh, experience turmoil and distress because God isn't desiring to help you. The problem is sometimes we take ourselves out of range because we tune out to God's voice. We simply don't listen to Holy Spirit. And when we fail to listen to Holy Spirit, we fail to be empowered with the ability needed to obey God in things that our flesh doesn't want to do. Because when you fail to allow the word of God to to humble your flesh, to, to cause you to succumb and, and, and exalt the Lord as Jesus, right? And when you fail to do that, then you're going to be Lord of your own life. So we take ourselves out of range, all right? So Aiden has to reposition himself to put himself back in the range. As a father, I could keep calling his name, but God isn't coming out of heaven. It's our job to reposition ourselves back into the range. What did the prodigal son do? He didn't, he didn't wait for the father to come to him. He repositioned himself and went back to the father. And so if you're at a state where you're disobedient to God, if you're at a state where you know that you're just out there living any old kind of way, if you're at the place where you know that there's more in life for you, but you have not done the thing that you need to do, you got to reposition yourself to get back into range to hear the Holy Spirit. How do I reposition myself? I spend time in the word. How do I reposition myself? I spend time at church. I fellowship with like believers. How do I reposition myself? I tame my team. How do I reposition myself? I watch the words that I'm speaking. All of those things put me back in the range to hear Holy Spirit so that I may be empowered to obey. All right? So that I may be powered to obey. And so that's simply the basis for, all right, for why is obedience important? God has access to obey. Why is obedience important? Because uh, it allows us to achieve the things that God wants us to do. We are not in this thing without hope. We are not in this thing alone. We have to. We have the Holy Spirit empowering us to learn how to obey God. The Bible says the Holy Spirit causes the love of God to be shed abroad in our hearts. 
In other words, the Holy Spirit is our, our tool that's utilized to call our heart to be completely transplanted from a heart of flesh and lust to a heart of spirit and kingdom dominion. That's how we get there. All right. So let's real quickly go over why is obedience important? Right. We know. So you already know now that you're not you don't have to obey in your own strength. You got the Holy Spirit. You already know that the word is going to give you empowerment, encouragement to obey the uh, obey God's command. You already know that the Holy Spirit is going to bring back to your remembrance. Right. Recall those things and cause you to want to align with the spirit. So. Why do I need to obey? If God has given me the Holy Spirit to empower me, why is this so important? So let's talk about that. Let's really quickly. These are the 10 things that we're going to discuss today. Number one, obedience is not optional. All right. Number two, obedience is for your benefit. Obedience is not something God set up for his benefit. Obedience is for your benefit. Why? Because obedience releases miracles obedience repels failures and assures success. Number four, number five, obedience is going to perfect patience and demonstrate faith in our life. Obedience is going to align us with our true God-given identity. Obedience has a reward that comes with it. Praise the Lord. Number seven, obedience has a reward that comes with it. All right. Obedience, number eight, creates an eternal impact in our life. See, your obedience today isn't just bringing results for the moment. Your obedience today is bringing results for all eternity. All right. Number nine, your obedience leads to answer prayer. When I obey God, my prayers are answered. And then number 10, and one that's highly important, is obedience brings us into holy living. Sanctification, right? That's what obedience does for us, all right? So those are the 10 things we'll cover really quickly throughout today. But before we get to those 10 things, why don't people obey God, right? We kind of talked about Aiden a little bit. Number one, people don't obey God because they ain't decided that obeying God is a priority for them. And, and that's simple. Obeying God must become a priority if you're going to do it. If you don't obey God, then a lot of times it's because you haven't chosen to do that. I have to choose every day to get up to go to work. I have to choose every day to be a good husband. I have to choose every day to take care of my kids. So obedience is not done by, on accident. Obedience is not done on accident. Obedience must become a priority in your life. You must become intentional about obeying God. You must become intentional about, go ahead and say that. Say, I'm intentional about obeying God. I am intentional about obeying God. I'm intentional. It's not accidental that I obey God. It's, it's, it's not when I feel like it, I obey God. It's not when it's convenient to me, I obey God. I'm intentional about obeying God. And some of us are, are, are partial obedient. And partial obedience is get, what? Disobedience. You know what, God? I know you asked me to fast three days, but I'm going to give you one and a half. Disobedience. You know, God, I know you asked me to sow $90, but I only got 85 in cash. Disobedience. You know, God, I know you told me to cut them off, but is it, I'm just going to text them every now and then. Disobedience. There is no such thing as partial obedience. 
partial obedience just strike through it and just call it disobedience. Call it for what it is. And the other reason some people disobey is because you think it's a multiplayer game. I don't need Pastor Chris's obedience for me to obey. I don't need everybody on my team to agree that I need to go do X, Y, and Z before I go do it. If God asks me to do it, that's enough. I don't need to compare with anybody else on obeying God. Obedience is not a team sport. Obedience is your choice to do what God has said because you're intentional about it. I wake up, I hear God, I do what he says. I wake up, I hearken to God, I hear and I do what he says. I'm intentional about obeying God. And I obey God when it's not comfortable. See, a lot of us, like, I obey God when, when he's like, okay, go to the bank and, and talk to this lender because this is one that's going to say yes to your home loan. Go to this place because somebody's going to be there to give you something. We are quick to obey God when we feel like it's beneficial to us. But we don't understand that you got to assign that same meaning to that no, right? The yes is as beneficial as the no. Why? Because every single time God speaks, it's beneficial to my life. And when we understand that, obedience becomes easier. Every time God speaks, it's beneficial to my life. Well, it's not convenient, but it's beneficial to your life. It's not comfortable, but it's still beneficial to your life. It's inconvenient, Pastor Al, but it's still uh, beneficial to your life. Everything God asks us to do is beneficial to our life. And that's the uh, that's the how some of us must reframe obedience in order for us to actually comply with what God has told us to do. Every word God speaks is beneficial to my life. Doesn't matter if it's comfortable, no matter if it's inconvenient, doesn't matter if it imposes on my selfish desires. God's word is beneficial to my life. What does God's word do? It gives me, it empowers me to be obedient. All right. So those are some of the reasons why we have found it to be a struggle to obey God. We have to settle the issue in my mind that God can be trusted. All right. That's another big one. You don't listen to people that you don't trust. Like, like I just saw Chandra's comment, right? Uh, so when I first met Chandra, I didn't know Chandra. So Chandra would have said, hey, you need to go over there and do whatever. And I didn't know. I probably been like, girl, whatever. But now that I know Chandra and I know her heart for God, I trust her words. So if, if Minister Chandra told me, hey, Ralph, I, I think that you need to go on a fast this week, right? And, and I trust her word. I'm like, okay. Why? Because Minister Chandra has proven herself to hear God and, and she could be trusted. So many of us never surrender ourselves to a man and woman of God. Therefore, the things that need the, the, the purifying that needs to occur in your life can occur because you won't even submit to anybody. And that's a tactic of the enemy to get us to the point where we remain impure. I got a water filtration system that has like five filters in it. Each filter is filtering out something different. And so 
in the word of God, the word will speak to you and that will filter out something. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and his logos word and that will filter out something. You have godly friends, right? Your team, your team, they'll filter out some things. But your man and woman of God, they're designed to see some impurities in your life and filter those things out as well. But because you don't take the time to submit to a house of God, you don't take the time to submit to a woman or man of God. You don't want anybody telling you what to do. That's why you have impurities in your life because you don't have enough things filtering out your flesh. Uh, I know our wives always mess with us because uh, they, they we joke a lot in our, men, our guy group, but honestly, those guys are filters for me. That We are filters for one another. We take the time to help each other become more pure in ex exercising the uh, things of God. And so you got to make sure that you got the right filters in your life. And sometimes if you're not careful, right? If you're not careful, then it may be time to change a filter and you choose not to because your failure to change that filter causes you to now not have impurities removed in your life the way it once was. Relationships change, right? I've been rocking with Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean going on 21 years. God has called them to be there, right? So that's a filter for me that's permanent until God says it's different. But that's a permanent relationship for me. That's what God has told me, right? But there have been people in my life that have been good filters. I had a mentor growing up in high school that was an excellent filter, but I don't know how to talk to him. But in high school, he was able to filter out the things I needed in order for me to get to the success that I'm living today. He helped me navigate college. Why? Because there are things in your life that you have to have filtered out, but you don't want to listen to nobody. You don't want to listen to nobody. That's why it's important to fellowship. That's why it's important to attend church. That's why it's important to tame your team. Why? Because everybody in your life is either purifying or polluting you. There's no in between. Everybody in your life is either purifying you or polluting you. And so your job is to make sure that you are doing the right thing and hanging with the right people so that the people in your life could be people you that are purifying you. And then you are now able to go and purify others. Amen. All right. So that's why people don't always obey God. Why? Because you don't got the right filters in place. You ain't letting the word of God filter you. You hearing the word of God, but hearing the word of God does not filter you. It's doing the word that does the filtering. All right. All right, let me skip through so we can make our time today. All right. Let me see here. You must be intentional about obeying God. We read that. Uh, look at this in, in Psalms 19. It says, the revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. All right. You want you, you, your life broken? The revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. Your marriage jacked up, your kids not being obedient, you don't know what to do on your job. The revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. It says the signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. He is saying my word gives you provision, right? When you're traveling a highway, what do you see on the interstate? You see signs. What's the purpose of those signs? To navigate you to your direction, right? The signposts of God 
are clear and point out the right road. You don't got to be lost. The life maps are God are right showing the way to joy. Oh, I'm so depressed. I'm so sad. I'm so, I'm so this. The, the life maps are God are right showing the way to joy. Obedience brings you into joy. Obedience brings you into peace. Obedience brings you into completeness, right? The directions of God are plain and easy on the eyes. Praise the Lord. God's reputation is 24 karat gold with a lifetime guarantee. It's perfect. It says the decisions of God are accurate down to the nth degree. God's word is better than a diamond, better than a diamond set between emeralds. You'll like it better than strawberries in spring, better than the red ripe strawberries. Listen, type this. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. It says his word pulls you. I love that. I mean, I mean, Picture, picture yourself in a ditch. Picture yourself stuck in mud and clay and you spinning your wheels and you can't go nowhere. The Bible says that the revelation of God is whole and it pulls our lives together. The word of God has the ability to pull you out your situation. It says that then once you're out of that situation, it'll give you the directions you need to be on the right road. See, some of us are on roads because we're not listening to God. But God will then be putting signs up saying, hey, hey, Trina, Trina, you took a wrong turn, baby. You'll hear the beep, 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 redirecting. Come back this way. Why? Because of God's word or like signposts always putting us on the right road. But we have to do what? What was the H word that we heard, talked about earlier? We have to hearken. We got to hear. Trina can't just hear God say, Trina, this is your this is your year to get $100,000 a year job. And just Trina like, yes, Lord, I agree. Praise Lord. She even sowed some seed on that word. But then when God told her to go apply for the job, she didn't do it. When God, heard her go, God told her to go uh, back to school, she didn't do it. When God told her to take the class, she didn't do it. You, you do understand that God gives you practical things to do in order to get you to the place that he has called you. You do live in earth. You, you got it. You ain't going to become a surgeon not having gone, gone to school. God isn't going to override the earthly process of school so that you can become a surgeon. The medical board is not going to approve you. So some of the things that we desire have practical applications to them that we got to hear God and do what he says. You're not broke because you're not rich. You're broke because you ain't done. You're not poor because you're not uh, wealthy. You're poor because you ain't done. You're not sick because you, you, you're not healthy and it's not available. You're sick because you ain't done. A lot of times it's the fact that we ain't done. We have heard healing. We have heard debt freedom. We have heard good marriages. We have heard things, but we ain't hearkened to the word. And so we got to do. Why? Because faith is established when we hear the word. But faith is exercising and brings manifestation when we do the word. Jesus' faith was established, right? When God asked Jesus to come and sacrifice, that was, the faith was established. But we'll all be in a sad state if he didn't hearken. 
That's why he says, once I became human, I stayed human, right? When he was in the garden, he asked, could this cup pass from me? Is there any other way, God? And, and God says, no. He's like, well, I'll just do it the way you want me to. He understood that the word gave him faith. The word established. It was the beginning of faith. Your action completes faith. And for so many believers, we get a word. The word is just the establishment for faith to start. Your doing is the actions that causes faith to manifest. So I got to hear and I got to do. Jesus heard the call. I need you to, I need my word to become flesh and I need that to be you, Jesus. I need you to go down there and I need you to sacrifice your life. I need you to hear everybody talking about you. I need you to recognize that they all going to turn their back on you. I need you to take the weight of sin. I need you to do that. And he says, yes, Father, I'll do it, right? And so faith was established. But when he got in the midst of that thing and it got hard, it got inconvenient, it got, it got, uh, it, it was it wasn't comfortable for him. He's like, Daddy, is there any other way I can get through this? Daddy, is there any other options? And God said, No. So he said, I'll do it your way. Why? Because when you love God, it empowers you. Jesus tapped into the empowerment because he loved the Father beyond his own will. That love empowered him, John 14. That love empowered him. What did it empower him to do? To hang his hands on the cross. It empowered him to take the weight of sin. It empowered him to go down into hell. It empowered him. The Holy Spirit raised him up. Why? Because that's what loving God does. There is no situation you find yourself in that loving God will not empower you to come up out of. The Bible says that the revelation of God, the understanding of his love towards you will pull your life together. Hallelujah. It pulls your life together. And so let's jump down here. All right, let's get to our 10 things. Why? Why? Should we obey God? Why is that important? Why is that important? Number one, all right? Number one, obedience is not optional. First of all, all right, let me help you. God didn't give us an option to obey. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Very plain, very simple. If you love me, keep my commandments. Then in 1 John 5 and 3, he stated it this way. For this is the love of God. What's the love of God? So he's about to explain to us what's the love of God. What's the love of God? That we keep his commandments and they are not grievous to him. This is a scripture that I love. Uh, me and Aiden was talking about it yesterday. Go ahead and type this. Say, I obey God with a good attitude. I obey God with a good attitude. Uh, April will tell you, uh, I asked one of my kids to do something and if they don't got a good attitude with you, I'm like, I don't even want you to do nothing for me. Not with that stink attitude. I, I'd rather do it myself than you do it with a bad attitude. John 5 and 3 says that it's not okay just to obey God, but I obey God with a good attitude. They're not grievous to me. The Bible says be willing and obedient, willing and obedient, eat the good of the land. Those who are willing and obedient, Isaiah 1 and 19, willing and obedient. So I'm willingly obeying God. And, and where did that willingness come from? That willingness 
is birthed out of worship. We'll talk about that on Wednesday. That willingness is birthed out of worship because when you begin to worship God, you put God in his rightful place. You see God as large. You see God as big. You see God as almighty. You see God as, uh, as El Shaddai. You see him as El Elyon. You see God in the right image. And because of that, you submit, you bow down, you worship him. Not just with your words, but with your actions, with your bodies, with all of that. Right? With all of that. And so we got to understand that obedience is not optional. That's one of the reasons why I should obey God. Why is it important? Because it's not optional. It's what God has asked us to do. All right, let's move right along. We ain't going to be here long. Number two, obedience is for your benefit. Obedience is for your benefit. Obedience is for your benefit. If you go to Matthew 7, we're not going to go over there, but it's the story of the God that built their house on the sand and the God that built and the guys that built their house on the rock. And so what obedience does, as we've already uh, verified in scripture today, obedience builds for us a very firm foundation. He told the guy how to build the house, right? And he built the house the way that God wanted him to build the house. And when storms came, the house didn't waver. When, 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 when floods came, the house didn't go nowhere. The house was able to stand. Why? Because it was built on a firm foundation. I know you don't always understand why God is asking you to do that, but baby, he's creating a firm foundation. So when the storms of life come, when we, yeah, why did God, God, I don't understand why you didn't, why you asked me not to go on vacation and you asked me to stay here. And you save that $5,000 and then a recession hit. And then, then you got laid off, but then you had money in the bank. God, I thank you that you was my firm foundation. God, I didn't understand why you told me that they won my boo for me. And then 15 years later, you see that they are drug addict. You see that they locked up. You see that they put hands on their spouse. You see that they're just low down, dirty, and no good. And you just lift your hand and say, God, I thank you for good being a firm foundation for me. You look at that job that God told you not to take, and you didn't take it. You obey God. You didn't understand why why you didn't take why I couldn't take that job. It was a good paying job, God. It was a great company. And then in the middle of pandemic, the whole company shut down. And then you thank God. God that he was a firm foundation. Why? Because obedience establishes a firm foundation. It is for our benefit. It brings us closer to God. Pastor Shun tells a story of how she didn't buy her new car. God told her not to buy a car right now. And, and she obeyed God. And then she found herself in two years, basically of being locked up in the house. She had been making a car payment on a car. She couldn't drive nowhere. Obedience is always about your freedom and your liberty. It is always about freedom. Obedience isn't abundance. Obedience is freedom. That's why it's important to obey. Obedience is freedom. Go ahead and type that. Go Say that with your heart. Say that till you mean it. Obedience is freedom. That's right, Shavundra. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In dark situations, I, I love that scripture. The Bible says that the word of God is complete. It's whole. And it'll pull you out of if you let it. 
See, that's the thing. We're free moral agents. So I got to let the word pull me up out of. So you up laid up with somebody right now. They ain't your spouse. You got to you may have to you got to let the word pull you up out of that situation. You you in relationships, you on jobs, you spending money, you're doing things that God ain't told you to do. You got to let the word pull you out of. You got to hearken. You got to hear and do. You can't just hear God say, I got a husband for you. You didn't got to do the things. And see, some of you are not yoked because you ain't matured to the point that your spouse can identify you. Your spouse is looking for something that you ain't been molded into yet because you ain't let the word pull you out of. Because the word of God is molding you. We talked about that on Wednesday. The word of God is molding you into an image that God has already given somebody else to identify you by. He's already, see, see, that's what's happening. It's not that your job ain't out there. It's not that the, the, the promise is, is, is teetering. The Bible says, though, though it tarries, wait on it. It will not tarry. It's not that the promise is not available. You haven't been molded into the shape needed in order to complete the puzzle. Selah. Or as the guy said at my mom, grandma's funeral, Sheila, picture a puzzle with a missing piece, right? The word of God is designed to shape you, right? It's shaping you. It's pulling you onto the right road. It's making you into the dimensions needed so that you can be perfectly placed onto that puzzle and complete it. But when we operate in disobedience, we misalign, we misform, we, we, we pull ourselves out of that image. Therefore, we don't fit. And the premises that God has called to our lives can't identify us because we don't look like the thing God told the premise we'll look like. And so that's why obedience is important and obedience is for your benefit. Let's keep moving. Oh, number three, obedience releases miracles. Obedience releases miracles. Is this making sense to y'all? As I take a drink. Obedience releases miracles. All right. So if you went over there to Luke 5, verses 4 through 6, it says, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered. Y'all hear what Simon did. All right, let's, let's, let's break this down based on what we're talking about today. And, G and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Based on the teachings that we have at FOC, at this point, Simon had received a word from God. So what was established for Simon? What starts with a word from God? You got it right. I know y'all typing it. I know it's delayed. Faith. So at this moment, faith had been established. Why? Because faith starts where the will of God is known. What's the will of God for Simon? To put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master. We toiled all night. God, 
and, and he says, we toiled all night and took not. God, you know I done been married five times. God, you know I done been to three different churches. God, you know I applied for five good jobs. God, you know I went to this doctor 20 times. God, you know I laid down on this altar and cried for deliverance 32 times. God, he heard, he know all that. You forget God is omniscient. He's all knowing. He already knew Peter had been Simon had been fishing before. That wasn't that new. God knew that. So don't be like, don't, you don't gotta remind God what you done did, baby. God already knew you failed at that four times already. He already knew the business caved in 12 times already. The only reason he is asking you again is because he already got the successful business ready for you. He never asks you to do anything that he has not already provided the solution for. So Simon said, hey, look, man, we toured all night, God. Jesus, look here, brother. We, we tired. We salty. We've been on this ocean. I mean, I, I'm exhausted. You want me to do what? You want me to go back out there? I don't even feel like it. I want to TikTok, God. I want to check social media. I want to, I want to see what my friends doing. Cause y'all just tell the truth. That's why we disobedient sometimes. Cause we just want to, we, we want to appease our flesh. We want to know what other people are doing. And then we're, we are jealous at the fact that other people are being promoted and moving up. And instead of doing the same thing, we just jealous because they're getting it. Ooh, look at Chris. Pastor Chris getting, she selling them lashes. Pastor Chris doing everything with H-E-T-N, and they got her on videos. I wish I was like Pastor Chris. Well, put your phone down and do something. Peter said, but, but, this is the issue. He said, Master, we toured all night, and we took nothing. Right? He said, but, and that word but cancels out everything else. And so if you're going to complain, at the end of your complaint, just say, but. If, if you're going to tell God how it didn't work out, at the end of you telling God how it didn't work out, insert your but. But Simon says, but at your word, I will let down the nest. So now Simon had moved from having faith established because he heard the word. Now that he had done the word, let's look at verse six. And when they had, I love it. And when they had done this, when they had exercised faith through obedience, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were what? Breaking. Can y'all say overflow? I know you did it the same way. I know God is asking you to do it the same way you did it last time. But if he told you, baby, provision is there. I know you went fishing in that same pond just two hours ago, but the word from God made fish show up in that pond. The moment he said, go back, fish showed up. They were waiting on you. They were waiting on your obedience. Your, your abundance is waiting on your obedience. Your overflow is waiting on your obedience. Your, your breaking of the nets is waiting on your obedience. Your marriage is waiting on your obedience. Your joy is waiting on your obedience. Your peace is waiting on your obedience. You got to understand, they didn't receive anything when they heard the word. They received it after they finished obeying it. I received after I received after I obey. I don't I, I received the word of God. It established my faith. 
the manifestation of the physical reality of the promises of God are received after I obey God. Doing exercises faith and brings the reward. That's why obedience releases miracles, guys. The Bible says in James 1 and 22, let's go. Don't merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Go ahead and type that. Say, I'm going to do what the word says. I am going to do what the word says. All right. Let's keep rolling. Obedience repels failure. Did you know that obeying God shuts down failure in your life and it guarantees victory? Did you know that? Let me walk you through here. This is why it is important to obey God. I'm just walking you through scripture, all right? Luke 11, 28 says, he replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Blessed, we know that word blessed means what? Empowered to prosper are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So I'm blessed. Every time I hear the word and obey it, then I'm empowered to prosper. There I go that word again. It says, my love will empower you. What? My word will empower you. What? My, your obedience will empower you. It repels failure. You know how you put off in Arkansas in the summer, especially if you're down south, you got all these mosquitoes about the size of, I mean, bumblebees out, out there. You spraying off. You got centronella candles going. What's the purpose of that off? It's to repel insects. So what obedience does, obedience repels failure. It pushes failure away and it guarantees your success. It guarantees your success. Why? Because I am blessed those who hear and obey the word. All right. I am blessed when I hear and obey the word of God. All right, let's go to number five for the sake of time. Y'all can go read Genesis 22 and 18. Uh, it says, and through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you obeyed me. Oh, I can't skip over that. Listen, we talked about, and we'll get to that point in a second. Uh, dude, your obedience right now is, Chandra's obedience is impact, has impacted both of her kids. My obedience is impacting all three of my kids. Pastor Sean, Pastor Edwin, their obedience is impacting their whole family. But not only that, it's impacting those that we come around. Your obedience, right, is impacting all of your descendants. That promise there he gave to Abraham, that wasn't just for Abraham. That's for us. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed all because you have obeyed me. And what's going to happen? As I obey and follow God, I set example for my kids. And then as my kids obey and follow God, they produce kingdom in this earth and men come into the kingdom because they knew Marlowe's. Kids come into the kingdom because they knew them Stricklands. Kids, I mean, kid, people come into the kingdom because they know Coonfields. People come into the kingdom because they know the Leeks and the Barnes, right? They know the Joneses. So what your obedience isn't done in a vacuum it has ripple effects that's going to cause other people to know God. 
Why? Because you'll be obedience is going to mold you into that image. You're going to be somewhere and you're not even going to know why you're doing it. And God's going to talk, call you to strike up a conversation with somebody. They're going to hear you talking and they're going to, you're going to provide an answer that they've been looking for for months, weeks, years, simply because you chose to obey God. Because your obedience brings what? What do we talk about? It brings freedom, not just for you, but everybody you encounter. All right. Now, number five said, my bad. Obedience perfects patience and demonstrates faith. We already talked about this. James 1 and 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith. What's the trying of your faith? It's the employment of obedience. The trying of your faith works patience. So when I implore obedience, it works patience. What's patience? That word patience there means consistency. So when I, so really what faith is, faith is consistent obedience to what God has called me to do. When Simon went out there and fished, he says, go back out there. He said, Lord, but I've told all night. He said, but at your word, consistent obedience. When Noah for 120 years built that boat, consistent obedience. When the Hebrew boys went through that fiery furnace and they came out not even smelling like smoke, consistent obedience. When Moses walked through the through the the uh, uh, the, uh, the children of Israel through out of the I mean out of Egypt into the Promised Land, well they didn't all make it because they was complaining. But I mean, praise God for Joshua and Caleb. But that was still consistent obedience brought them freedom. Every time they got to an obstacle, they looked for God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has all your answers. When they got to the Red Sea, they looked for God. When they were in the desert, they looked to God. When it was hot, they looked to God. He gave them a cloud. When they was hungry, he gave them manna, right? When, when they, they shoes didn't wear down, right? They looked to God for provision. And then God had done all of that for them. And only two of them made it into the promised land. Why? Because they lost you could be being blessed by God and then get to the thing where you're supposed to inherit and because you take your eyes off God because it looks bigger than what uh, you thought it would look because the task looks uncomfortable. The task is inconvenient. The task is much larger. The debt is bigger. The sickness is bigger. The, 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 the situation is so large, God, I don't understand how this is going to happen. And that's what the children of Israel came back. Those spies came back. It's like there's giants in the land. But Caleb and Joshua were like, but God told us it was ours. We can certainly take it. And that's what I'm telling you to now. Your obedience will cause your enemies to be confounded. We don't even got time today to talk about the stories of how God caused the enemies to turn on themselves and destroy themselves and the people walked in and they just took the uh, took the treasures and all the spoils for themselves. Why? Because Jesus would call even your enemies to become fight each other and clear the path for you. And you just go in and gather the spoils, baby. That's what obedience does for you. All right, let's move on. Number six, obedience aligns you with your identity. When I obey God, it molds me. We talked about the puzzle piece, right? It God's Obeying God doesn't make you the best you. Obeying God makes you the best God that God has created for you to be. He says, I know the plans and thoughts that I have towards you. He says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. He sells us all of this. He says, I wish that you may prosper. He already knows what he wants to do for our life, and it's good. And so when I obey God, it allows me to look like the thing that the promise can identify with. 
when I go in the bank, I got money in the bank, right? I got money in the bank. And when I go to the bank, I just can't go in the bank and say, I'm Raphael Marlowe. I need $5,000 out the bank. What do they ask for when you go in the bank? They ask for your ID. And see, if I fail to produce my ID, even though I have the money there, even though it belongs to me, even though I'm the one who deposited the check, I can't access it because I don't have an ID. And so what you got to understand is, is that as I, as you, as we obey God, it causes us to become, to look like the identification needed to lay hold of the promises that God has given us. For the Bible says, he said, I already told you that it says the plans are given to us by the Holy Spirit. He reveals the secrets of God to us. His voice makes it possible for us to walk into what God has already planned. So when I walk into that bank and I ask for what's already mine, I put it there. You understand? I put the money there. But without the ID, I can't even access what's mine. And I've been there before. I've been there before, but here's the good thing. Hallelujah. I hear you, Holy Spirit. Here's the good thing. I was in the bank one day. I was in the bank one day, and it was a new teller, and I had forgot my license. I had it on my phone, but she didn't want to take that because I, I carry all my a digital format and everything. And then before I knew it, I just heard a voice that spoke up. He's good. I can vouch for him. I know him. And see, so many times you go into situations and I could have just walked away. I could have just caved in and I could have just whatever. But that voice came across. It was the bank manager. We on the board together. I know him. Give him what he needs. And see, what obedience does, it's aligning you so that you can be identified. So that when you go into the banks of heaven to access your premises, they're like, let me see your ID. Let me see your faith. Let me see your obedience. And you look just like what the premise said you will look like. And the premise say, please take me. Here I am. You got so many premises lined up. And it's just waiting on you to ID them. And see, some of us as young Christians, Pastor Sean talked about that, we had the Holy Ghost come in and the Holy Ghost said, I vouch for them. I got them. But we can't always be depending on that. We got to allow our obedience to bring us into perfect identification so that our promises can see us and come to us. That makes sense to y'all? All right, cool. It's 1030. All right. Let's go ahead and knock out these last couple, these last uh, three. Number seven, there is a reward for obedience. There is a reward for obedience. Hebrews 11, 8 says, by faith, Abraham did what? What did he do? He obeyed, even without knowledge of where he was going. By faith, Abraham obeyed. It says, he, he hoped against hope, right? He obeyed God. It may be situations in your life, right? That look dried up. That look like they won't work. They ain't work forever. That's, that's what Abraham and Sarah's thing was. They It ain't worked. They ain't, they, ain't, they ain't had no kids. It ain't worked. They old. They've been together 80 years. They ain't no baby. They done had 
uh, relations many times, but ain't nothing came from it. But he says by faith, he, he, he obeyed. The Bible says that he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, considering not the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he said, you know what, God? I'm going to take you at your word. You know what, God? Your word pulls things and makes them right. So the word of God, when he told them that they were going to have a child, the word of God had pulled Eve's, I mean, had pulled Sarah's womb into the right state for conception. It had done it. Why? Because the word of God pulls things and makes them whole and right. That's what the word said, John 14. And so what we got to understand is that there is a reward for our obedience. Samuel received a reward. Noah received a reward. Moses received a reward. David and Abraham, they all received rewards. Them Hebrew boys, man, they didn't, they didn't become barbecue, right? They didn't become barbecue. They received the reward for their obedience. Think about Lot. Lot, I mean, they on their way out, right? And his wife don't look back. Her disobedience caused her to turn to Saul. But their obedience, they received a reward. All of Sodom was destroyed, but they came out. Why? Because they were righteous and obedient. Obedience is the key to unlock God's heart. You're exactly right. Uh, cool, Phil, you're exactly right. All right, so let's go to number eight. Obedience creates an eternal impact. First John 2 and 17. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God, whoever obeys God, lives when? Forever. So when I'm obedient, and, 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 and we're not going to go through all of that in this moment, but you got to understand that obedience is perpetual for eternity. It never ends. Obedience what did I tell you last this past Wednesday? Obedience is 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 always when put in motion, stays in motion unless acted upon by an opposing force. What was those opposing forces? Doubt, fear, unbelief, pride, those type of things, right? So think about it. We're living life good now because of Abraham's obedience, because of Moses' obedience, because of Noah's obedience, right? Because if he, he never built that ship, where would we be now? If, if Abraham wasn't willing to sacrifice Isaac, where would we be now? If Moses didn't lead the children out of Israel, where would we be now? We're living life now because of their obedience. And your obedience causes you to have eternal uh, impact. Why? Because it says it will live on forever. So every time I obey God, I am making a permanent mark in history. I'm making an eternal decision that will live on forever and cause good things to happen. The world and its desires pass away and I will be able to live with the father forever because I trusted and I obeyed him for who he was. All right, number nine. All right, we almost there, guys. Number nine. All right. Y'all really probably won't pay attention to this one. Obedience. I know I did when I was, I was like, yes, Lord. Obedience leads to answer prayer. All right. Obedience leads to answer prayer. Love plus trust plus corresponding action. Love plus trust plus corresponding action always yields God's best love, uh, best for your life. 
Love plus trust plus corresponding action. It is obedience that gives you the opportunity to have faith and know that God hears you. And if he hears you, then he will answer you. You got to understand that obedience gives you this swagger, right? Like my kids can ask for stuff, but when they know they've been living right, they got an extra little swagger to them. They come up in there like, Daddy, look, you know I made all A's on their report card. Daddy, I done took out the... Tr they remind me of what they have done that I wanted them to do. It reminds me of what God says like over there in the Old Testament. He says, come, let us argue together. That's what he's told them. He said, come on, let us argue together. Let us argue together so that I may, you may prove me right, so that you may prove it. Let us argue together. Obedience does. It's Isaiah 43, 26. It's not in my notes. It says, review the past for me. NIV version. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. So they come in with a swagger. They're like, Daddy, I done done all my chores. Daddy, I done brushed my teeth. I done combed my hair and washed my face. I done made my bed and cleaned my room, Daddy. I, I made sure all the pillows were right in the living room, and I looked under the couch so that the vacuum didn't get stuck on anything. Daddy, I done did it all. Daddy, can I play my tablet? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play. Can I play my tablet now? And they come in with boldness with the tablet in their hand because they have done all the things. They have, they, they understand my love, they love language, they, they trust that they've done things right and they had corresponding action and they gave them swagger. So the, the, their request when they were made, right, gave them confidence that it will come to pass. All right, let me give you biblical scripture so that you don't just think rap. Ralph is making this up. Let's go to 1 John 5, 14 through 15. It says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Confidence, right? I'm not scared. Confidence, swagger, confidence, boldness, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if He, we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So this is the confidence that we have. Why? Because when you're obedient, your flesh can't talk to you about all the things you've been doing wrong. It's not that God wouldn't give it to you. You're When you're disobedient, it causes you to be misaligned. It causes you to have a false identity, right? It causes you to look like a counterfeit. And when those things are, are, are happening, then your premises, can't, they know the difference between real and fake. You can't fake faith. You, that, that just, you making fake people out. You remember we talked about the other day, you make it persuade people and make them think that you're something you're not, but you're not going to fake the promises of God. You're not going to fake faith. Faith identifies real, right? And so what happens is disobedience causes you to feel unworthy. Disobedience causes you to feel ashamed. Disobedience causes you to feel like you, it, it, you don't have value. And so you don't have that confidence right? You don't have that belief that if you ask, you'll really get it because you're judging yourself, partly because you don't understand you're the righteousness of God either, but also partly because you're not loving God. The Bible says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And so our obedience is the key to having the confidence that we need to have our prayers answered. Obedience causes us to have a sense of boldness, and this boldness gives away, gives us 
a way to have confidence and allows us to go before God without fear, guilt, or condemnation. Obedience frees your soul. That's what it does. Obedience frees your soul so that your mind, your will, your emotions, and your imagination and your intellect do not interfere with communication between your spirit and heaven. Therefore, your body responds because your spirit is in complete control because your, uh, your soul is now aligned with your spirit. And when you have an alignment and agreement, you know, we have advancement. That's what Pastor Evan taught us, I think it was three years ago. And so obedience frees our soul to align with our spirit and our body lines up with whatever our spirit and our soul is doing. All right. First John 3, 21 to 22 says it this way. Beloved, if your heart condemns you, condemn us not. Beloved, if your heart condemns us not, then have we confidence towards God and whatsoever acts we receive from him because we keep his commandments. And whatsoever we ask, we receive him because we keep his commandments and do these things that are pleasing in his sight. Beloved, if your heart condemn us not. God isn't condemning you. God isn't mad at you. God isn't angry with you. If you are condemned, the Bible tells you in 1 John 3, beloved, if your heart condemn you not. That's what it says. Condemnation comes from your own heart. It doesn't come from God. So how do I purify my heart? Through obedience. And that's what the rest of that scripture says. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That's Bible, guys. That's just the word preaching to you. And lastly, as we wrap up, all right, we're right at hour 15 minutes. We're good. Obedience brings us into holy living obedience brings us into holy living. This will be a quick one. Only Jesus Christ is perfect. Therefore, only he could walk in sinless, perfect obedience. But as we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us from within, we grow in holiness. As we, we went over that in the beginning, that's why I went over those scriptures. The Holy Spirit, he has given us to make the love of God to be shed abroad in our heart. That love empowers us to obey God. As we allow that love to be shared abroad in our heart, this process of sanctification, which can also be described as spiritual growth, causes us to become more like God and want to obey God more. The more we read God's word, spend time with Jesus, and allow the Holy Spirit to change us from within, the more we grow in obedience and holiness as Christians. You ain't, I mean, it's possible, but I bet a lot of people ain't out there fornicating, smoking drugs and all that while they listening to a message. You usually tune out God in order to participate in sin. I mean, think, I don't sin. I don't got to ask y'all if that's facts. I don't sin. I, I, so I know I went out there listening to Pastor Edward, Pastor Sean, Pastor Dollar, listening to no worship music when I was out there living my life. I wasn't because that interfered with what I was trying to do. Because that's how that word, been, I mean, that word you plan, oh, if, if you out there right now in fornicate and, and, and you start putting on a message, that, I mean, that, that, that you're killing the vibe. You're killing the vibe. So what happens is in order for us to be disobedient, a lot of times we got to completely tune out Holy Spirit. We got to tune out the word. We got to tune out our team. Especially if you really out there, you're tuning out all of that in order for you to stay positioned. Literally, you're fighting for a position. 
You're fighting for a position of disobedience. Disobedience doesn't just happen. It is something you tune in and you tap out. You, you are removing the things that interfere with you being obedient to God. And the, and, and, and the uh, opposite is the same. In order to obey God, I tune out the things that interfere with me obeying God. You good at one or the other, baby. You just got to choose which one you're going to commit to. And you know it's Pastor Ralph. And so, you know, I just say things how they are. If you, The Bible says, I lie before you, life and death, right? He wants us to choose life. How do we choose life? We choose life through obedience. So if I don't choose life through obedience, then by default, right, then the, the other has to occur. I choose death through disobedience. And death could look like a lot of things. It could be like lack. It could be like unhappy marriage. It could be disobedient kids. It could be a lack in, in, on your job. It could be frustration. It could be a lot of things, right? And it just slowly erodes you and you don't live your best life simply because you're not obedient to God. All right, our last scripture and we're out of here. Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. If you know anybody depressed, you know anybody that's sad, if you know anybody struggling with their mental health, just share this scripture with them. Why? Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. God, I'm so, I don't know what I'm going to do. Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all of their hearts. In other words, joyful are those who, who put down their own lust, who say, Lord, you know what? This is what I want, but not, not my will, but your will be done. You, you're like Mary, right? You're like Jesus in the garden. Father can just cut past me, but it, no, no, it can't. I got you, God. I'm gonna go to that cross. You like Simon? Uh, I know you, I've been fishing already, but if you said it, God, I got you. I'm gonna go fishing. Why? Joyful. You don't think Simon was joyful when his nets were breaking because he had so many fish? You don't think Mary was joyful when she felt Jesus kicking her belly? Uh, you don't think you don't think they were joyful? Because joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. It says they do not compromise with evil. Go ahead and type that. Say, I will not compromise with evil. I refuse to compromise with evil. And so, oh man, we don't got time. You got to understand that compromising is, is what the enemy wants. He wants you to, he wants you to pause and entertain. I won't pause and entertain. I quickly obey God. I won't pause and entertain. I quickly obey God because if you give the enemy just a, a, a centimeter, he's going to take hundreds of miles. So I can't compromise with evil. And they walk only in his paths. It says, you have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions will consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. You Have you ever got to the point, God, am I to the place you want me to be? You don't ever got to ask that when you're obedient to God. Why? Because you'll never be ashamed when you compare your actions, when you compare your life to his commands. Hallelujah. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. And then they're like, Lord, don't give up on me. Hallelujah. Because he ain't giving up on you. 
He is not giving up on you. He has not given up on us. Hallelujah. So I pray uh, as we as we finish up that you understand through this message, why is obedience important? All right. I gave you 10 reasons. Now I go back over those really quickly. Don't worry about it, Sage. You don't got to put them up there. Number one, obedience is not optional. All right. Obedience is for your benefit. It's not for, for God's benefit. Obedience is for your benefit. Obedience releases miracles in your life. All right, that was number three. It releases miracles in your life. Number four was obedience repels failure and it guarantees your success. I don't got to wonder if I'll be successful if I'm being God. Obedience always causes success to show up on my door. Number five, obedience perfects patience and demonstrates my faith. Number six, obedience aligns me with my identity. Obedience makes me, cars me into that perfect puzzle piece so I fit perfectly in place so that I can lay hold and complete the image that God had for me. Those plans that he has towards me to give me a hope and a future and expected end, obedience is going to be that thing that causes me to perfectly fit into the plans of God. It said obedience aligns with your identity. It's the thing that allows me to go up in that bank and say, I want my money. I want my heaven. I want my premises. Earth, I declare that this belongs to me. I want my debt freedom. I want my total body healing. I want the house. I want the south. I want my family saved. I want all of it. And so obedience aligns me with my identity so I could become the person that the premise has been called to identify with. Number seven, obedience brings me great reward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Obedience brings me great reward. Number eight, obedience creates an internal impact. My obedience today is making ripples for eternity. It is perpetual. It is ongoing. And number nine, obedience leads to answer prayer. Hallelujah. Number 10, obedience brings us into holy living or sanctification. So those that's the word for the day, guys. So let me quickly go through these announcements and let's get out of here. All right, so you know, coming up this Sunday, next Sunday, Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean will be back, and uh, we'll, well, we'll do our huddle, right? But on that morning, they will do our online service at 9.30 a.m. Uh, there will not be any Christian Valley worship next Sunday. However, we will have 9.30 service with Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, and then we'll be together, praise God, fellowshipping. I mean, you in Arkansas, man, you close. I don't care, y'all, man. Just come on up. I mean, uh, come on up to Fayetteville, uh, 2737 North Old Wire Road, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Come hang out with us, man. And it's going to be an awesome time, all right? And then after that, on Monday, you can join Pastor Sean for Strategies for Success. There will be no Strategies for Success tomorrow, right? But we're talking the next Monday. I'm talking the 29th. But there will be no, they are kicking it. All right. And, and, and they may they may bother. They may be bothered by saying that they may not. I mean, if your issues can wait, don't be inboxing them. Inbox another pastor, Pastor Chris, Pastor Ralph. It, get inbox us. Leave them alone right now. Just leave them alone. I mean, there's other people in the ministry. Reach out to Pastor Nature, Minister Chandra, one of the guys, Elder Valley. Reach out to somebody, but let them have a break to recharge and refresh, all right? So on Tuesday night, we'll have prayer at 8 p.m. with one of our prayer people. 
uh, uh, Pastor Chris, uh, they said, leave them alone. We have prayer. And then Wednesday, we'll be back for Ignite at 7 p.m. I got to upload the Victory Zone lesson for today. Uh, Miss Tanya did that. So I got I got get that uploaded today, the new uh, We've Got Talent lesson. And then Wednesday at 8, we'll be back for Refresh Bible Study. We'll be talking about worship and how it aligns to obedience. And then Thursday night, we don't have anything. And then Friday night at 6.30, Friday morning at 6.30 a.m., we'll be here for a uh, champion circle uh, prayer. All right. So you also know as we wrap up, it's your opportunity to kill. All right. Never miss an opportunity to sow. There's multiple ways you can sow at FOC. Give the five, push pay, tile, text to give. They're all on your screen. Uh, PayPal. Only if you are inter, inter, PayPal is only for our international partners. So if you're within uh, the continental United States, Alaska, all y'all, uh, Hawaii, use uh, Give Give the five push pay Tyler at text to give. International partners use PayPal at FOC Church NWA at gmail.com. And we celebrate it every Sunday and every Wednesday. We have 100% partners, tithers. We have 100% tithers at FOC. And because of that, FOC is able to do good work all over the world. And so, Pastor Chris, I think that's all. Is that all our announcements? Anything else? All right. So I'm for real, though. Uh, and I mean that with all my heart. We have a lot of people, all right, at FOC that hear God. If you got issues this week, please refrain from if, if if you can, please, ref I'm asking that you refrain from texting, bothering them. Let them enjoy. And then someone else on the pastoral team will be happy to pray with you, help you navigate your situation or whatever else that may be. They don't always get to go off and, and just have time to themselves. And so uh, let's let's make sure that we let we honor them by giving them the opportunity. But also the other thing about this, as we all grow up in God, the less we have a need for calling them. I mean, I may call them a couple of times a year for stuff, but honestly, I mean, I got said I could call. I got my boy uh, Chocolate Drop, a.k.a. Elder Valley. I could call him, man. So I got people I could call. I don't always call Pastor Edwin. And so that's just a part of maturity. And that's why it's important that each one of us as believers that we grow up so that we don't always have need of milk. We can make our own meals. We can go in there and eat our own food that we cook. And we don't need Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean giving us a bottle because we still on the milk, right? So uh, that's my two cents, all right? So y'all be blessed. Oh, my bad. Pastor Sean, get me if I didn't do that. If you want to become an FOC partner, go to FOCchurch.com uh, and scroll down and say, I want to become a partner. Partnership has its privileges. We are an awesome church. We're teaching people to walk a little, live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of their life all around the global globe. So become a partner. And then if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, right, then I invite you to come home uh, and just say, Lord, I want to accept you into my life. I, I, I receive you as Lord over my life. I want to live the life that Pastor Ralph talk, talked about today. I want to experience that breaking of the net that Simon. I want to experience the the, the 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 salvation that you provided to Noah, all right, and Moses and the children of Israel. I want to live eternity with you. And you just invite him into your heart. Lord, I, I receive you as Lord. And, and I believe that because of Jesus, all of my sins are forgiven. And I thank you for that. And I ask for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in my heart, to empower me 
to obey your word so that I may reap all the benefits that come with my obedience. Amen. All right, you guys, I love y'all so much. Go do well for God this week and have an awesome day. Bye-bye.